Welcome back into the mental game where this week's guest is rapper Kyle. She got up there and she like pulled up her sleeves and just like kind of came to me with tears in her eyes and just showed all these attempts and was telling me how she's struggling with that and my song is just making it a little easier. And in this episode, Kyle opens up about his music career where he was one of the first artists to go viral on YouTube, then seeing his songs play all over the radio as he toured the world with his music. But he also talks about his own mental health journey, battling depression, anxiety, and being bullied as a kid in school for his speech impediment. All of that and much, much more coming up in this episode. But if you know someone going through a difficult situation, just asking them how they are feeling can sometimes make a big, big difference. You know, life, it can be overwhelming for all of us. We know that with our mental health. And if you need resources to learn about how to help someone going through crisis, visit the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation website at ohiospf.org so we can help each other with our mental health. But now it is time for the latest episode here on The Mental Game with Kyle. <laughs> Welcome back into the mental game. As you can tell, I got a very special guest sitting next to me. Kyle, I appreciate you coming on the mental game, my man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've uh, been listening to your music for a long time. Um, your career has been crazy, cool, talented, have a lot of a lot of highs, and just we were talking about the uh, beautiful loser came out ten years ago. Yeah, like yeah, is that wild decade. to look back at how like much you've been in the game? Definitely. <clears throat> um, man, that it's like it's for sure a little like startling you know you kind yeah. of like wake up and you realize no you have been doing this thing for a decade yeah like really like 10 years um yeah it's 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 pretty wild i think one of the craziest things is when people like come to me who found that album super young yep you know and they're like i first heard beautiful loser when i was like eight yeah and it's 10 years later and i'm like 18 i'm like this <laughs> is crazy you know like watching a real child fan turn into an adult right I'm like that's such a cool thing for musicians. We're gonna get into your whole career from, I mean, you were one of the first big ones on YouTube that really figured it out from, yeah. from the music to the music videos. And, and you've toured all over, had songs on the radio, had had big hits. But the first thing I wanna ask you is what I ask everyone is what does mental health mean to you? And, and people answer it in different ways. Maybe it's something that, that you discovered at a young age, or maybe there was traumatic events that made you take better care of your mental health. But I'll ask you the same thing. What does mental health mean to you? Mental health to me is, um is the ability to just like not only admit when you are struggling mentally mm -hmm. but the like wherewithal to try and like improve your mental state even if it's in the smallest yeah. way you know some people's mental health crisis or issue can go so far that they need like real right. treatment you mm -hmm. know but everybody can like improve their mental health daily by just making better choices I feel like I really discovered mental health being like a thing a couple times in my life. Yeah. And the first time was when I was like a lot younger. I always realized just like, you know, adults being really stressed and then watching how they changed in front of me, like how they actually yeah. changed who they were due to the amount of like stress and like just their mindset. And I would kind of pay attention to that, but I'm still like a little kid running around playing right. tag, you know? Yeah. And then <clears throat> when I made it to high school, one of the first like really traumatic things I had to like 
deal with was when my grandpa like passed away and I saw a lot of mental health issues just in my own family just mm -hmm. pop up yeah. from everybody there, including myself, mm -hmm. you know? And I felt like what depression was, a real little taste of it real yeah. quick. And I started trying to learn how to like work on my mental health then in just weird ways that I was doing, you right. know, just saying nice shit to myself, mm -hmm. trying to be nice to other people. And then they start being nice to me back. And next thing yeah. you know, I'm always like filled up. And then, um, ah, man, what does mental health mean to me? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a loaded question. That, yeah, no, it's good. Cause it's, it's just making me recall all the times where I really had to check in on that. Yeah. Um, in 2016, when I was working on this album, Light of Mine, I had like another family, like kind of like traumatic thing where somebody's mental health really like needed a lot of help. Mm -hmm. And we kind of didn't know really what to do. We'd never been faced with that. Right. And uh, man, I just remember feeling like having so much going on in music yeah. in that year, like everything just soaring through the roof. And also me just feeling like this big all the time because mm -hmm. I felt as if my my family member needed my help and I couldn't like be there. Right. You know? Yeah. And even that is like something that is a negative thing that's eating at your 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 mental health. Mm -hmm. You know? Um and I started like going to therapy and like trying that out. Yeah. And I was just working on my mental health again, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, I've had like a lot of experiences watching other people mm -hmm. struggle mentally and then struggling myself. All right. Well, you've given me, I mean, that was a great answer. Maybe the longest and most in-depth answer to that <laughs> question. No, that's good because then it gives Sorry. me a guide to the whole interview, really. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned like at a young age, telling yourself good things or figuring out how to maybe like not knowing that you were struggling as bad as you were, but like yeah. helping yourself through probably, I'm going to guess music. Like when did you figure out music was your thing? And did that help you through some of those hard times? Absolutely. That, <laughs> sorry. Um, music has been that outlet for me from the very beginning. Yeah. If I was a, like, since I was a little kid, if I was five and I got in a fight with somebody and started crying, I would just go write a song, wow. you know, like over and over and over. So in stories, too, I would write, like, a lot of just, like, detailed stories mm -hmm. whenever I was, like, really angry or something. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, music really, I really learned the power of music and it helping you like that from just going through, like, a traumatic thing and then having that ex same experience linked with, like, a song. Mm -hmm. I remember, when was this? I was really little. But there was some issue between, like, my mom and the dude that she was seeing at the time, and they were like arguing on the phone. Yeah. And I remember I was watching the music video for Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, I felt like I was like grieving with them, you know, because I was like sitting yeah. there and I can just like still grab some sort of warm feeling from that time just by singing that song. Mm -hmm. Cause it was so like scary for me. I'm like, yeah. why are they not in love with each other? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? And that song kind of just like comforted me. So I realized like music has powers to like really help you. I agree with that 1000%. Obviously I'm not a musician, but I've, you know, had moments in my life. I just think music is one of the biggest forms of therapy. Like it's not, you're not going to see a therapist, you're not talking to somebody, but the way that you can, when you struggle with mental health, it's like you just want to feel relatable to somebody and songs 
help you do that. Um, you've been really, really open about your mental health through your own music that you've made yeah. over the last 10 plus years. And one, thank you for doing that because that helps so many people. Um, and Crazy. two, like, did you open up like that throughout songs because of being bullied as a kid in school or things that you had struggled with like as a young teen or why did you want to be so open in your music? You know what? Um, my family naturally is just very passionate, mm -hmm. pretty emotional yeah, and kind of right to the chase a little bit. Like I always wanted to be that vulnerable in my music because I'm not afraid, you know what I'm saying, of yeah. anything. And then also it's like, this is for me, right. you know, like this song, I know everybody will enjoy it, but yeah. I made it so I could cry, yeah. you know, like I made it so I could work through mm. that thing. And in, in music and in art, like you're trying to make people feel things. So if you go right to the center of the actual feeling, that's how you're going to get some shit. Somebody needs to play forever. Right. You know, sorry for cussing. No, you can um, say whatever you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's where like, that is where the real stuff is at. So, yeah. you know, I've never shied away from like getting as vulnerable and as like open about how I'm struggling or how I'm winning or whatever. Yeah. Um, because I know that that's like honesty and that's where like the real shit is at. And I yeah. feel like sometimes a lot of artists like will want to give you an open story about how they're feeling, but they want to serve it to you in this package that says, but, but I'm still, I'm still this, this, and that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They just want to give you a little bit of, but I'm also kind of vulnerable too. Right. Just, just a little. It's like you hide it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I'm still hide cool, it a little but bit. I'm, I'm still cool, shit. but yeah. I'm going through a little shit. You'll really figure out what it is, whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I like skip that. Yeah. If I'm going to like tell you something that I'm going through, I'm going to tell you for real. Well, I think that is why fans of your music like gravitate to you so much just because there's probably a kid that I don't know, maybe has a stutter, has a speech impediment that has hear, heard you talk <laughs> about it in a song or talk about yeah. like, you know, like your smile, or your teeth early on in your career when you you used to reference that in your music. Yeah. There's kids or, or adults or people out there that hear that stuff and it helps them. Um, were you like bullied a lot for your speech impediment? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely was. Um, and you know what? I never really let it like get to me in the sense of, oh, I'm gonna stop being this kid's friend. I just accepted it as like just a communal just like a communal shame or something, yeah. you know, like just part of it. I guess it's just part of my life is that people just gonna like repeat what I just said and then laugh with each other and like high five. I guess that's like <laughs> well, the joke's on them because you literally fucking make money it, off exactly, of your voice. Exactly. So, <laughs> so the, and that was a big reason of me like, <clears throat> I mean, in the beginning, it's like because I couldn't change it, but I wasn't gonna not be proud of myself. I was gonna take it yeah. and turn it into something that like. I was proud of, yeah, you know? And so that's what I started doing. And then, you know, a couple years into that, I probably could have like gone and got braces or started like working on um, fixing my speech impediment like mm -hmm. then. But um, I wanted to kind of rub it in people's faces a little bit more, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, no, I and I knew through doing that, it'll at least show other kids like, hey, by the way, it is not impossible to like, get cracking or become famous or like become a rapper or an actor or whatever, yeah. you know, with like a speech impediment and 
whatever is causing that. Right. You can do that too. I just showed y'all you could do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you proved that one to yourself and two to a lot of your fans that have seen you grow. I mentioned YouTube before, dude, like it was like beautiful loser. Like that album, I think you, I mean, I don't know all the YouTube numbers, but I feel like you were one of the trendsetters when it came to, to music and YouTube coming together. Um, what was that journey like? Just, I mean, cause you grew like organically on YouTube, YouTube yeah. and it just, you were what, 17, 18 around that yeah, time. Yeah, Like I was, when I started really going up on YouTube, I was probably like 17. Yeah. 16, 17. Isn't that wild to look back on and like how crazy was that journey in that moment? Like seeing it just go. Yeah. There was, that was wild. Uh, I've had a lot of like moments in my career and in my life that you feel just an uptick out of nowhere. Like, Oh right. my God, it's on. And it always seems like calculated, like you planned it, but you never did. Yeah. You know, it's like the people <laughs> just showed up yeah. all of a sudden for whatever reason. But the most intense one of those feelings, I remember I was like 17 and I was at my grandma's house and my friend Mitch shot this cover of me doing like a Drake song. Right. Yeah. And we posted it in like within nine hours, I had like 20,000 views. And for me, that was huge. I yeah. was like, oh my God. And people in the comments were all just talking about how they loved my personality or whatever. I think they, I don't even know if they liked the song. Yeah. <laughs> they just like <laughs> something came across in there. And um, yeah, I like all of a sudden started having fans. And yeah. it just came from, from YouTube. From like one little upload, you know? Right. And that's just crazy how it works. But it also showed you that like what you thought about yourself and how like you could go chase this music dream. Like, Absolutely. It was reality. Like that that was proof of concept for you, I'm Absolutely. sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? It's it it started with it just showed me, oh no, continue continue all the little baby steps. And then a massive moment will happen. Yeah. And keep doing it. And then another one will happen eventually. Yeah. And I've always just had that faith that like you know, you continue doing what you're doing for yourself. Yeah. And then for the people that love it and you do that every day. And eventually, you know, the music gods will decide, all right, you <laughs> here, know, you go. here you go. Take this massive upswing. Just yeah. Because. <laughs> well, you know? yeah. Well, beautiful loser. Like that is your, is that your debut album? Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, I love the title one. Um, why, why was that the title of the album? That was the title. So I was spending a lot of time with my aunt Betsy. Okay. Okay. Shout, shout out, out aunt Betsy. And she <laughs> used to put me on to like all of her kind of music, but she's more like classic rock type person, okay. you know? Yeah. She put me on country music too, but she was more like, kind of like Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. And I don't know all the band <laughs> names, the Eagles or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, hope I'm not messing that up, Aunt Betsy. Um, <laughs> but she also put me on Bob Seger. Okay. And we used to sing this song called Beautiful Loser together. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of, I remember I was in high school. Sorry for these really long answers. I was in high school. Well, that's the point of a podcast. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school and I was like in the drama club, you know, mm -hmm. like that was sort of my high school experience. I did drama I left, too, so. I left the football team and all that stuff to just really kind of commit to the theater. And I remember I still had like a couple of friends on some like football player, cheerleader, cool shit. Yeah. And then I had like my family in like the theater. theater yeah. And they used to make fun of the theater kids hella much. Yep. Right. And like the things they would say were just really dumb. Like, 
they would make fun of them essentially for how nice they were. Yeah, <laughs> like it makes no like, sense. <laughs> literally the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> and I started noticing like how like how much prettier the people were yeah. inside that theater. Like how mm-hmm. much more open, accepting, loving, right, confident in who they are, expressive, all these beautiful things. Yeah. And everybody else was like looking at us like losers. So That's powerful. I kind of like was like yeah, I'm one of them too. I'm the beautiful yeah. loser. <laughs> like, I I love that backstory, and it is so true. I mean, I was the kicker on the football team, so I wasn't really like an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> but my 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 aunt was the drama director at my high school, so like our whole family had always been in theater our entire um you know lives, and so I felt the same way. It's like, and, and for me, I've always thought maybe not when I was younger, but the older I got, like I'd rather be weird than normal or a loser yeah. than cool. Like just because like if you're yourself or you feel accepted, like in the group that you're in, who gives a shit? Like what literally other people think it was crazy for real. Cause you almost have this idea in your head and it it persists till now. Right. As your social settings change. Yeah. But you almost have this idea in your head of the kind of party, right? Like the right party, the right fun, like the right whatever. And the more and more I kicked it between the two worlds, I realized that was a facade. Yeah. I was like, I can go to, this like cool kid party. Cause I'm cool at the end of the day yeah, too. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? would say so, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I was like a rapper and all that. So people liked me, but I was like, I can go to this party, but they say just mean shit about each other the right. whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not that and cool. <laughs> it's not that cool. Like, and then I would go like party with my theater friends. Cause we would like throw a party every now and then. And I'll be like, see, this is fun. Yeah. Like <laughs> everybody's funny. One, like, you know, creative, <laughs> creative, like, Go turn up with like, and I'm not taking anything away from from cool kids or whatever, but just in that in that time, I could notice a really big yeah. difference in like just wholesomeness and like genuine love, right? And I was like, these kids just are more uh, accepting and more ready to let you know that they care about you. There's no walls and right. shit. So, I yeah. love that, and you, <clears throat> you know, turn into this. I mean, you were a cool guy, but you turned to this cool guy from the outside yeah. with big songs, <laughs> uh, albums. Um, we mentioned Beautiful Loser, Light of Mine. That come out, I think it was 2017, 2018? 2018. 2018. That album, you talk a lot about mental health and open up about depression and just kind of be, you've always been open, but I think it's probably where you were the most vulnerable to that point in your career. Um, why did you want to like make that a theme of that album, mental health? Because... I wanted to be, I wanted to be honest, you know, and to be, and to be honest now, like during that time, that was sort of like a tough decision Mm -hmm. because I just had the happiest song in the world, you know, and everything was just like so massive kind of overnight, you know, just looking around, seeing myself being this person everywhere. I spy change your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in Tokyo on a, massive billboard for a gap ad and then i'm in the mcdonald's music video and then like you know what i mean all these crazy things but so much about that album i know my partners probably would have wanted it to be branded a totally different way right but i was explaining to them the truth i was like you know i spy is a song made out of necessity mm-hmm. to pick me up yeah because currently my family is going through this very traumatic thing and i feel very down mm-hmm. And Light of Mine was about me not letting the 
final kind of hope and optimistic and gentle and happy part of myself yeah go yeah. out yeah you know mm -hmm. and like really trying to cultivate and hold on to this light of mine yeah was really a lot of the the inspiration for that so yeah i just had to be honest and so that's why the cover looked that way that's why i picked those songs yeah because that was my genuine statement and i felt like i would help more kids um like you know save their lives in some sense yeah if i gave them music explaining to them where i was at instead of just like 15 just bangers right well i feel like a lot of artists are genuine and do open up but there's a good amount and it's starting to change now but i feel like for a long time the majority was like trying to make the radio song the club banger like yeah. didn't like want to open up about and be vulnerable they just wanted to make that song that was going to pop and obviously like make money get you on tours i get all that it's, it's it's a business yeah but that um that album and you being open like that and just explaining how you were really feeling i think it's super powerful and you mentioned your family going through some really tough times and, and i obviously want to respect your privacy but yeah. can you open up just a little bit about kind of what you guys were going through and how <laughs> tough that was on your own mental health yeah it was it was just a mental health related issue and the privacy of the people i love is always going to be like top yeah, yeah. thing for me you know um but yeah it was a it was a mental health related issue with somebody we loved and we were trying to like understand how to best help that person. Right. And for a lot of people, you don't know, you know, yeah. you don't know, you never talk about it. They don't really teach it to you in school. Yep. You can go take psychology if you want yeah. and realize maybe there's doctors that help, but like, it's not something that was very, um, especially at the time, something that a lot of people had experienced. So we couldn't really go to other people for help either. Right. You know, we tried and other people didn't know. Yeah. So it was just really, it was really difficult because it just felt like, man, you know, why, not why me, but like, why us? Yeah. And you're sitting there trying to come to grips with that uh, question of like, why, why is this traumatic thing happening to us? And then also you feel kind of like helpless. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel helpless and you start feeling like a little value like devalued you know yeah like you just like what kind of what kind of family member am i that i can't like stop this music thing and like really try and get this person some help right you know because there's only so much that like my mom could do like we needed to come together as a collective and we did yeah and eventually everything worked out but just during that moment, those were all the feelings that were going on. Yeah. But it's the biggest moment <laughs> of your career too. Yeah. And so you're balance you're that's that balancing act of helping the person you love get through this behind the scenes and yeah. then smiling all day on camera. <laughs> See, that's you bring that up and I, like I try to make the interviews about who I'm interviewing, but it relates to me. Like when I'm covering the Bengals going to the Super Bowl and I'm on the sideline interviewing Joe and Jamar and, yeah. and Coach Taylor is giving me a hug at the 50 yard line as we're smoking cigars outside the locker room. Like I'm having fun, sure, yeah. like in those moments, but I'm also going through hell where I'm suicidal and like trying to figure out what to do. And you brought out a really good point about like how we're not taught about mental health in school. Like you and I yeah. are both 30 when we're yeah. taping this. I graduated high school 2011, college in 2015. Like I never heard anything about mental health. And so when I checked in somewhere, it was like two weeks to just focus on that. And all the mental health professionals, therapists, psychiatrists, 
they do amazing work and they literally save lives, including mine. Yeah. But a lot of what you learn isn't rocket science. It's just that you're not taught it in school, whether it's coping mechanisms, healthy, unhealthy yeah. coping mechanisms, how to deal with grief, boundaries. Like it is, it's just crazy that we're not taught any of this shit. Yeah. And I just, I don't know how, you know, we went for so long without being taught all of it. But then for me, it took my own personal, um, my own personal battle to learn. And for you, it sounds like you learned a lot about mental health and maybe the healthcare system and how it all works based off of a loved one. And it's, there's a lot of things we got we to gotta work on. Man, absolutely. Because even in the help, like, then you like kind of get the help, right? Yeah. And then you realize that help is not help at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go for some more help from somewhere else and you realize, oh no, this is just really expensive help. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues with it, but I think we're like us as, you know, just a people, I feel like we're really good at educating ourselves mm -hmm. and all the information is out there on the internet. Like, you know, even on TikTok, there's like specific therapists and psychologists and people who right. are just going to come up on your timeline and have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like people are a little more open and prepared, but yeah, they don't teach you nothing about that. No, it they is. just teach you to love each other and you're right. like, I'm trying, but <laughs> I I'm can't losing love myself my right now. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, did you go to therapy as a kid or did you ever go to therapy? So one time this is, I think I was like 16 or 17. I asked my mom to take me to a therapist. I just wanted to try it. Yeah. I didn't know what it was at the time. I think I either said therapist or like psychologist. Yeah. You know, and she she took me over there and it was like a one-time fee. I forget how much it was, like maybe like $100. My yep. mom was like, yo, this, yeah, yeah, like let's do it. It's expensive, but right. like, let's do it. And I went over there and I talked to this dude and I only talked to him for one little moment, but you know, I talked to him for maybe like 30 minutes, close to an, close to an hour. But uh, I just remember walking out of that building being like, okay, so it's not just in the movies. Like, yeah. it's real. Yeah. I've never met a therapist I in guess, my life. That's true, yeah. You know? And I was like, no, this is real. Like, and I'm going through a lot right now. And when I'm a grown-up and I start going through some more, I should come back to a place like this. Yeah. Because whatever this did just at least help me put it out there. Right. Well, what do you like the most about therapy? Do you still go now? I do. Yeah. I got yeah. a therapy session a day. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. we'll get you out of here. Well, <laughs> kind of like, like double therapy, mental yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> going yeah. to see your therapist. Um, what do you like the most about therapy? For me, it's like, it's an unbiased person that might not have known you before you started therapy, doesn't listen to your music. Like my therapist, older woman, amazing, doesn't like sports, had no idea who I was. And you just get an objective view to try to help you. What do you like the most about therapy? Um, yeah, what I like the most about therapy is somebody you like, you know, when you call on that one friend of yours, that's just got a really sound mind yeah. about a certain thing. Right. Or you're getting ready to go through like maybe a crazy fight. And so you have to call your one tough friend that's done that a lot. You yeah. know, like talking to your therapist, my favorite part about it is that you get this person who's dedicated their life to mental health, guiding you through a conversation where you're getting to offload all of your feelings. Yeah. And then them reinforcing the positive, awesome things you say and helping you discredit the negative 
Stories you tell yourself. Stories you tell yourself, yeah. you know, or the negative feelings that are just lingering around. They can help yeah. you sweep that out of your mind. Yeah. And then they can also reinforce and help you build more of like the positive thing. Right. And it's good to do that like once a week. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you can. Yeah. Man, I feel like the richest flex is just having hella therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's like, a flex and it's a good one. Like, it, that's what's that's crazy too, though, is, is it is expensive and like insurance has changed. I mean, like, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but. I, um, I was a big drinker and so I've been sober actually tomorrow is going to be eight months. So like, that's huge for me. Yeah. And, um, but like my therapist had always told me quit drinking, quit drinking, didn't listen. Finally did, you know, leave my old job, start yeah. my own, my own company and my own show get denied from insurance because of underwriting of alcohol abuse. It's like, I quit, I got sober, got better, but like the whole system, like there's yeah. just, no, nah, it's, 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 it's tough, man. It definitely needs to change. I feel like that is something that's huge is I feel like more, more therapy needs to be provided for, for, for more people like just yeah. plain and simple. It can't be this removed, like expensive. Thing. Can't be a privilege. Thing. Can't be a privilege thing. It needs to somehow what, whatever the government has to do to right. make it like an everybody thing. Like, you know, they, they got to do that. I don't necessarily even have the answers for it, but. Oh, I don't. I don't do politics. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything don't, about it. But, me neither. <laughs> but, 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 but with mental health, I'm trying to learn working with different people. Um, let's get back into your music career because I want to talk about some fun stuff here too. Um, it, it has been a really cool journey to watch you just just from Beautiful Loser all the way to now. What, what is it like to have a song like I Spy or Playing With Me? Like just have songs that just go yeah. and, and like you hear them on the radio you're doing yeah. commercials for them like how crazy are those moments it's it's wild yeah. it's it's insane like how big that record got like is like just unfathomable to me you know yeah i think it's gonna be like nine times platinum this year Holy and then cow. like a year and a half maybe like it'll be diamond and there's not that many songs like that you know wow uh so yeah it was massive in it felt, um, <clears throat> it feels really cool. I feel like I have a really, like, kind of, um, like, diverse career in a way where I've got to experience a lot of different lives of an artist. Yeah, you, you have, know, yeah. I got to experience, like, 17-year-old on YouTube trying to do covers of Drake to get popping. You know, yeah. I know what that's like. And then I remember, you know, doing shows for six people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then I remember doing shows for 50,000 people, like, yeah. you know, Holy like, yeah. and I've had so many of those moments. It just feels like a very full experience. Right. And yeah. So having them, but having massive records is awesome. Don't yeah. let nobody tell you. It's like <laughs> some things suck, right? Cause you get hit with so much attention. Yeah. Like overnight. Cause I'd always, I had a good like warm up to getting to that I spy moment, you right. know, where I was already Used to people knowing me, used yeah. to people kind of hating on me. Yeah. Not really. Everybody pretty much liked me because it was just a smaller world I lived in. Yeah. And then I Spy happens and it's like overnight, one, my face is blasted everywhere. Yeah. I was just like brand friendly or whatever, but yeah. everything that was sold just had like a picture of me on it. <laughs> and that song was being played everywhere in the world. And now I can't go anywhere without somebody looking at me and noticing me. And that kind of eats at you. And then the thing I really wasn't prepared for, and I can look back on and be like, oh, that maybe was pushing you in a negative place mentally, yeah. was I wasn't prepared for the just honest dose of reality, which is humans 
being extremely jealous creatures mm-hmm. and hating on you. Like, no, this person legitimately hates me. They don't even know me. Yeah. You know, but I can post a picture and get like 500 comments of people saying vile shit to me. And that level of exposure means people are just going to attack. And I wasn't really, I wasn't prepared to have thousands of people who don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, don't know how I you had always, yeah. I, I had always like built a world in, in, in like my own world that was built off of like respect and me being humble and being nice. And, I, for the most part, attracted that same thing back. Mm-hmm. But when you reach that level of exposure, yeah, that shit is out the window. And yeah. it's just honest fact about life. I can't yeah. even really complain about it. Yeah, I can just notice I wasn't prepared for it. I was like, damn, like, okay, if like millions of people know who I am, but like maybe like forty thousand of them hate me. Ah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's still, that's- and it could be a bigger number than that. So it was just. That was a little difficult. How do you, well, I think you talk about your career and you've done different things from from music to acting, movies, like you have perspective, I think. And that's a really powerful word to be able to be associated with. You have perspective in life and experience, but you dealing with the attention and the fame and and like people think that when you have, and that's part of the reason why I created the show, you have money and fame. People think you have no problems in the world. Um, (laughs) What, what are the hardest things that you deal with? you know, as you're on that rise or that you deal with now day to day? Yeah, I would say some of the most difficult things um, are really like really just being able to like the whole privacy thing is pretty much gone. You know, like there are there are elements of your life that you can keep private. But when you walk to the store, chances are somebody's going to honk. Yeah. (laughs) Or something. And that's not a good or a bad thing, but just kind of be on your P's and Q's at all times because everybody knows about you and everybody doesn't necessarily have the best intentions for you. Right. You know, so having to like live with that is somebody who really wants to skip down the street with a coffee and high five people. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, you can't, you can't do that. So that's pretty, it's, it's like a little difficult. And then- also, I would say another huge part of it is like um, kind of like how it changes just relationships around you in general. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, like understand the more successful you get, the more like jealous other people are going to be naturally, you know, yeah. and me, I'm like a humble dude. I've never been on some like, oh, I'm the leader type yeah. shit like and it kind of reaches a point where even like certain people around you will become like extremely jealous of you and you have to like sacrifice a lot of relationships. Yeah. You know, or they, they normally sacrifice themselves. Like for some reason they'll create a reason to like bounce. Yeah. I don't fuck with you no more. Like, and that happened in high school. Like the moment I kind of started getting popping in high school, like, Every I lost all their friends. Like that's crazy. A majority like that was overnight because yeah. I like moved. So yeah. it was like, nah, man, you suck. I was like, I guess I got to deal with that. That's what View from Hollywood was about. Yeah, man. that's why. Okay, sorry, I I skipped View from Hollywood. That's like that was the first YouTube like. That's like when it hit, right? <laughs> uh, I would say Keep It Real was the first like okay. YouTube like like wow we're popping on YouTube. Okay, but but those two were before. Beautiful loser. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to make sure I had my music chronological order correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing like 10 interviews in three days, so <laughs> it all goes crazy. Um, 
you mentioned like dealing with stuff on your own with mental health. And we've talked about you relating to fans. Um, mm -hmm. Has there been a powerful moment that you can think of with a fan opening up to you, like meeting you after a show about their mental health and how your music has helped them? Yeah. Um, I remember, well, I, I got a bunch of stories like this. So to anybody listening, you know, I remember yours as well. But I remember one time I was doing a, a, a meet and greet mm -hmm. and this girl like walked up to me and she, I could sense something immediately, yeah. right? Like just empath wise. I was like, oh, the person like seven people back is going through something. And she got up there and she like pulled up her sleeves and just like kind of came to me with tears in her eyes and just showed all these attempts on her like shit. Mm -hmm. And then was talking to me about... um uh like light of mine and clouds i think it was or one of the songs that was just really talking about like you're gonna be okay and was telling me how she's struggling with that and my song is just making it a little easier for her and i remember i just like looked at her and i like i wasn't really you know very prepared for that but i just looked at her and like held her and told her you know like hard times are everything hard times are just that it's just a hard time it's yeah. not gonna be a hard life so i need you to like be really strong and not do this to yourself anymore mm -hmm. you know like wow. if you knew that this cold or this congestion i have is going to be done in two weeks i wouldn't i wouldn't treat it as if it's going to be the rest of my life right and that's the same thing with like a hard time so that was pretty crazy and then just recently i was in like what was that? Rocco's? Yeah, Rocco's Pizza. I was there with my friend, uh, Jesus. And this girl came in, like, crying, but she didn't even know I was there, right? She just came in, like, holding her eyes, crying. She was kind of, like, arguing with, like, the bartenders and stuff. Yeah. And then she just looks up and sees me. And it's like, oh, my God. And then she came over there and just, like, kind of vented her whole shit she was going through. Yeah. And I, I can talk about this with people, you know? And then after we like kind of sat there, talked, we hugged, and then she left. And I was so happy that my music even puts me in a place, or the the art, the product I made, the message I've said, puts me in a place that somebody on their last leg can see me and be like, I'm, I'm saved. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm okay. Wow. And that was, those were really sick things because a lot of people open up to my like my fans will tell me how they're doing mm -hmm. and when they're doing great they're gonna tell me and yeah. when they're not doing so hot they're gonna tell me yeah and we have that relationship so yeah i, I like it you know that's, i'm here super duper kyle save the day you know, i'm here for you that's so that's so damn powerful man that's a crazy story but like something super empowering have you noticed somebody in your life just not being themselves recently? Maybe they're easier to get mad or sad or they're not coming around your family or friends as much. That person might be going through a mental health crisis and we have to be there to help them in this moment. You've heard it in this episode, both me and Kyle talking about our own mental health struggles with anxiety and depression or being bullied. But we reached out for help, went to therapy, and we were able to be happy again and find out what it's like to take care of our own mental health. If you need to help somebody with training, support resources, and more ways to get involved, visit the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation website at ohiospf.com. 
ohiospf.org so we can help each other with our mental health. Once again, that is ohiospf.org. Just like advice, what advice would you have to a younger artist that is that kid that's debating on quitting baseball, quitting football and, and going and chasing the music dream or the theater dream yeah. um, and wants to follow your footsteps? What advice would you give them? I would say make music, whatever piece of art it is, make it because you love it and put it out consistently and don't give up based on your numbers, not looking like somebody else's numbers. Treat it one fan at a time. Always tell the truth. And, you know, as corny as it sounds, literally be yourself because art is about uniqueness, right? Products are kind of about that. You know, if you go to the store and it's just one kind of orange soda, like, you know, they got a monopoly or whatever and they're probably going to crush it. But my analogy means if you can make yourself unique, you have a much better chance of popping off. And there's literally only going to be one of you ever. So the quickest way to becoming unique is literally trying to hone in on more of the real stuff you do. You feel me? Whether it's like you don't even have an Xbox. You play like Stargate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're just you're different level of nerd. Talk about that. Yeah. If you like animals or something, like literally be the zoologist rapper. Like try to. Try to make yourself as unique as possible. That reminded me of Sex and Super Smash Bros. As, yeah. soon, as, you, I said, yeah. as soon as you said that, great record. Um, I like, you know, I like, I like ladies and I like Super Smash Bros. So I'm about to make that shit a song together. It's smashing <laughs> together. Me? That's like, great. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll ask you is uh, what's next? What goals you have um, coming up here in the next year, your career that you just, I mean, you've done a lot. You've got to achieve a lot, live this dream. But is there anything that's still in that bucket list? Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to make, I want to make some sort of like book, you know, or some sort of storytelling and I'd love to do like animated TV show. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be sick. Right. Yeah. Do something in the cartoon space. You have the enthusiasm for that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And then eventually I think this is kind of like all film stuff, but eventually I'd love to like really focus on like children's programming. Mm. Like, right? Like the, not like trying to program them, but you know, yeah, the yeah, television. I'm in the business, so I understand what you're crazy. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, just Children's making, TV making shows, art yeah. and making art geared for kids and helping them become more expressive and more confident in, in that whole thing. Yeah. Right? Like getting some of these big issues and being able to convert them into a simple story for a child. Yep. So they can like, grow even a little earlier yeah so i would love to i'd love to like spend some time doing that sweet yeah. man well thank you so much for giving me some of your time it's been super powerful kyle Thanks. appreciate it we'll see everybody right back here next week on the mental game and that was an awesome conversation with Kyle. He's one of my favorite artists, so it was really cool to sit down with him in L.A. and talk about his music, mental health, and much, much more. He is just genuinely a good dude, and you can feel that good energy all throughout his catalog as he's put out music for over 10 years now, once again, starting on YouTube. He was one of the first artists to ever go viral on YouTube. So once again, big thanks to Kyle and a big thanks to all of you for watching and listening to The Mental Game this year. This is the final episode of 2023 and I can't say thank you enough 
to all of you who have supported the podcast and my own mental health journey. I'm taking Thanksgiving and Christmas off to spend this month of December to really plan out the business of the mental game and get ready for the mental game tour where I'm going to 30 states in 30 days to talk about mental health from January to February. I can't wait to see you on the road everywhere from Cincinnati to New York to Florida to Texas, Chicago, everywhere I'm trying to go and help break the stigma and raise awareness around mental health. So I will see you right back here on The Mental Game in 2024, and I'll see you on tour with The Mental Game Tour. (laughs) 